To Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I'm Pastor Vince Haney. And I'm Richard Hoy Jr. Good afternoon, Chico, and the surrounding area. We uh, thank you for uh, tuning in to our broadcast. Uh, we got some exciting stuff for you today. Uh, we This show is a broadcast uh, to continue to ignite your faith on fire. And uh, the Bible says that uh, the just shall live by faith and that we walk by faith and not by sight. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So that's all we got for you is the word of God. And hopefully that's enough to ignite your faith. If the word of God that's can't all you need. Hey, if the word of God can't ignite your faith, I don't know what can. So here we go. Uh we was talking uh we're still talking about faith, igniting your faith. And uh there's a there's a lot of components of faith. Brother Richard was asking me this morning, Vince, what are we gonna talk about? What are we gonna talk about today? And I said, well, we're gonna talk about faith. And he said, Faith, faith again. I'm just joking. <laughs> we're gonna talk about faith. No. And I, and I say, you know what, Richard? Faith is a subject that it just keeps on. It's, it's, it just keeps on giving birth to new facets of revelation. God's word is like that. Faith. You can talk about faith so much. There's so much re- revelation in faith because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. And Jesus said, "Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God." And I always ask myself, how often do I live? Well, every day, every day I'm on earth. So every day I live, I should be living by the word of God. And then in Romans 10, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So in in Hebrews 11, 6, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, my desire is to be pleasing to God. So with that said, I have to um, walk by faith. And and again, a lot of people don't understand what faith is. They think faith traditionally, because I didn't grow up in the church, so I used to hear people say, hey, what faith are you? Meaning Catholic, Protestant, Lutheran, or they they refer to that as your denomination. What faith are you? And that ain't Bible faith. (laughs) Right. Yeah, are you a Muslim, whatever. That is not what biblical faith is. Biblical faith is, Jesus said in Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. And and I understand this. If, If somebody tell me, Vince, have faith in Richard. Well, okay, I'll say, okay, I'll have faith in Richard. Well, Richard got to give me his word on something. Richard got to give me something to have faith in. Right. So basically, you'll give me your word, Vince. And blah, is blah, it you see my word always good, you have more faith in me. My and, faith in your word develops. Right. And so as we look at God and we see that his word is always good, he never goes back on a promise, then we know that we can have complete well, faith in him. We got his word on his word. He says 
in his word that he's not a man that he should lie. We got his word, and I don't, don't know exactly what the scripture is, but I can find it. He said, there's only one thing for it that's impossible for God to do, and that's to lie. So either I trust God and his word, or I don't. And, and that's what Bible faith is, acting, trusting, having confidence, or re reliance, assurance on God's word. And then Jesus went to say, we need to live by that every day. See, in every part of his word. Sometimes his word, you know, we've talked before about this issue. Sometimes his, his word may not make sense to us. And what he tells us to do may not make sense to us. It's not always logical in the, in the human mind. And yet we're to do it, regardless of whether it makes sense to us, whether, regardless of whether we like it, whether or not we think it's right. You know, when, when he talks about love your neighbors yourself, we don't get to decide if I'm going to do that. We don't get to decide if, well, that neighbor over there I will. But <laughs> the other side, man, I don't like that person at all. So I'm not going to. We need to trust God in everything that he says. We need to put faith in every word that he says. And not only that, again, I'm going to piggyback on what you just said. The gospel is not logical. It's not logical to say you get a bad doctor's report and you go home and say, by his stripes, I'm healed. That don't make sense. It wasn't logical for Jesus to raise a dead girl. He told them uh, she's not dead. She just sleeps. And they laughed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they laughed. So, again, and that's kind of where I want to go with this day's broadcast is having faith in your confession. And when I say confession, again, not the way the world taught us. Confession means something negative. Confess my sins. Confess to a crime. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about confession, the Greek word homologio. Homo means the same. Or in this case, to say the same thing God says. And Jesus said something in Matthew 10, 30. He said, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. And then over Luke 12, he said, if you confess me for, for men, I'll confess you before my father and angels. And then over in Revelations 19, it says, and he shall be called the word. Jesus. Over in verse John, it says, in the beginning was the word, referring to Jesus. So we confess, and Jesus represents God, when we confess what God or Jesus said in the word publicly, because that's the thing. A lot of Christians are scared to take God public. I'm not. And, in, and those out there that know me, I'll talk about God anywhere to anybody. I don't care. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll go so far to say what I believe concerning what he said about my circumstance or my situation. And that's what it means to have faith in God. That's what it means to have your faith on fire that you're not ashamed of the gospel and you're not ashamed to take it public. A lot of Christians just want to talk about God on Sunday <laughs> in, well, in the yeah, confines well, of the nice building. But Monday, they don't want to, you couldn't even tell they're a Christian. Not only that, they won't talk about them because part of your faith is. See, and it's, it's not even so much that they don't want to talk about them is it's almost as if they just decided that they weren't a Christian anymore and they're just, they're going to live their own life. We don't want to be too hard on people, but it is so easy for people, people in general, to want to do their own thing. I mean, that was Eve's original sin is to, in my mind is that she wants to be God for herself. She wants to decide what's right and wrong for herself. And too many people today, even as Christians want to live their life the way they want to live it. I've had people tell me, you probably have too, who will say to you, you live your life, I'll live mine, and, and you just leave me alone. And so well, I, we want to be God well, for ourselves. Well, well, with that said, are these born-again people that are saying that? Sometimes well, it is. Well, I heard that when you got born again, you were bought with a price. 
that you've been redeemed. Well, yeah, but you were bought with the precious blood of Jesus. And the scripture goes so far to say it. That's what it means to have faith in God, have faith in his word. The scripture goes so far to say it. You're not your own. You were bought with a price. I like the word redeemed because I don't know if you're redeemed old means you're to be bought young, back. You're a little younger than I am, but we used to have like S and H green stamps. You and, go redeem them bad and, boys for some Yeah, to redeem them. <laughs> yeah, you had books of them and you redeemed them. And, and you got something back. And you got something back. We've been redeemed. We've been bought with a price. So you're it not your own. Free. You're not that's, your own. That's right. So he is our Lord. And Savior. Well, that's, not just our Savior. A lot of people like to see Jesus as our Savior, Savior, but we don't like to think of him as our Lord. Well, Lord means owner. Right. That's and why so I, we in America, we don't want anybody telling us what to do. Well, I don't want you telling me what to do. You don't want me telling. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. And it goes so far as to even if we're not careful, we don't even really want God telling us what to do. Well, now, now you're being disobedient because the Bible says we've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his glory that. so that's who we are now so again you have a, a new high priest you had an old one the devil now you got a new high priest jesus christ he's the author and the finisher of faith he's called the word he represents the word of god and you have to say what god says like i say this part of the segment is talking about faith speaks you got to be able to say what god said in the midst of your trial and tribulations you got to be able to or willing to say, or bold enough to say, you know, the church needs a little dose of boldness. We didn't got so timid, and we forgot that Jesus said, I, I've given you all authority. And we, we, we don't even walk in that authority. So we got to get back to doing and saying what God said about right. us, who we are. He said we're a royal priesthood. And, and part of that, though, is goes back to what we've been talking about lately. Um, we got to know what the Word says. If we don't My know people what, are destroyed if, for a lack of knowledge. You're right. right. If you don't know what the word says, you if, can't. And that's probably why they ain't out there talking about it. That's why they don't believe it because they're, the scripture said, Paul said in, in Colossians 1, 9 through 13, I pray that you may be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In Ephesians, it says, uh, don't be unwise, but know what the will of the Lord is. A lot of believers don't know what the will of the Lord is, but I'm, I, we, we're here to change that today, Richard, because we're going to give it to you right out of the word. See, I, I'm convinced that one of the reasons why church people, even Christian, talk more about football and baseball and those kind of things yeah, yeah. than they do about the word is because they're not really that. Well, that's what their heart is. The Bible says a good man out of good treasure of his heart or, or where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So if that's what you treasure, all that other stuff, that's what you're going to store up in your heart. But if you treasure the one who redeemed you and, and, and brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light, your conversation is going to be about him. Remember when Jesus would heal people, he would do stuff for them miraculous, and then he'll say, now don't tell nobody. Man, he knew people had a big mouth. <laughs> he knew they were going to go in and tell everybody. But, but he did that because a lot of them went away leaping and jumping for joy. They went and told somebody, if you get a new car, you can't wait to go tell everybody. But So that's where your heart's at. If whatever is joyful to your heart, your mouth is going to spit that out. So if, if the league is more important to you than God, that's what you're going to talk about all the time. But God tells us in his word, this is scripture, seek ye first. God wants to be first. We're to love the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul. He wants to be first place. That's what he means when he says, that we're committing adultery against him because we put all these other things before him 
but we want to use him as a spare tire. Well, see, and some of those things we put before him are not even sinful in and of themselves. No. You can put gardening yeah, ahead of God. Gardening is not now, a sin. <laughs> there's nothing evil about working in your garden, but if it becomes your whole focus and you no longer have time for God, it becomes a problem. You can... So you could watch sports. I mean, in and of themselves, those things are not evil, but yet they can easily become something that gets between us and God. They become more important than God does. Well, the scripture says uh, Abel gave God a better sacrifice than his brother. Well, his brother had the same, he could have gave him the same thing, but he didn't. So Abel presented his best. And that's what God wants for us, since he paid for us. He wants the first fruits, not the last. Right, right. He wants the first fruits. He wants the first of your day. That's why I tell people, first thing I say when I get up in the morning, and a lot of people probably think I'm foolish, but I understand God takes the foolish things. The first thing I say when I get up in the morning is, good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Heavenly Father. Good morning, Jesus. Oh, so you don't say first thing, oh, man, another stinking day. No, no, I, I, I acknowledge him in all my ways. I acknowledge him first in all my ways. And the scripture said in Proverbs 3, 5, if I acknowledge him in all my ways, he'll direct my path. We got to start learning to acknowledge God and put him first and let his word that's in our heart, if it's really in your heart, let it come out your mouth. God, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. Well, I praise him when I release his word out of my mouth. That's the form of praising. We, we think praise is just on a Sunday morning when we praise and worship. Well, no, see, we can praise him all day singing. long. People, when, yeah, they whenever think you singing. talk about praising, everybody no. thinks you're talking about singing. Or and worship. I say, you can, you can praise God and never sing a word. Right. I, I could go tell everybody I know, Pastor Vince is this. Pastor Vince is great. Pastor Vince is wonderful. I could tell all this great stuff about Pastor Vince. And people say, man, he's really singing Vince's praises today. And I'd, right, I never right. sang a word. <laughs> right, right. So you don't have to sing to praise. Sometimes people say, well, I can't sing. I can't carry a note. I can't do it. I can't worship. Well, the you psalm, don't have to sing to worship. The psalmist says this, and I agree with him. He said, I will bless the Lord at all time. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. That means I'm going to speak of his goodness all the day long. See, and when we think about it, God is so good to us. He's so good. I'm, he woke me up this morning. I don't what, know about you. <laughs> what we tend to sometimes focus on, and this is something I think as Christians we really need to, to be concerned with or or to look at ourselves closely. It's easy to think of that one or two things we don't have versus that thousands of things we do, you know, to think about that new car we wish we had to the exclusion of all the other good things that we have and all that God has done. And so often what focuses our mind as people is what we don't have. And we need to go back. I think, as you were saying, to praising God for what he's done, for all the goodness that he has done. Well, you know what life. we do have, Richard? We we have the Word. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Father God. And Jesus represents the Word. Again, over in Revelation 19, 13, it says, and he shall be called the Word of God, referring to Jesus. So if that's, I believe, if we got God in his Word, because wisdom comes out of the Word of God, <laughs> if we got that, we got it all. We got it all. We just have to know how to appropriate it and know how to work in the system that we've been translated into. We're in the kingdom of God now. Yeah, we're, we're it, not it, waiting for the kingdom no, of God. No, no, we're it, in the kingdom here. of God. But, but Jesus said over in uh, Luke 17, I believe it was that Matthew 17, he says the kingdom of God is within you. It's in you. But you know how it gets in you, Richard? By you planting this word in you, by the Holy Spirit being in you. Because Scripture says 
he who raised him from the dead, if the spirit of him who lives in you, who raised him from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. So his spirit is in us, so that's the kingdom in us. But we got to add, his spirit in us loves to eat the word. It just That's what nourishes that spirit, the word of God. That's what develops your faith, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You got to get that word in you, and you got his spirit in you. Now the kingdom is in you. And guess what? The kingdom rules over everything. When you got the kingdom in you, when, when I say that God in you, you're you're unstoppable. You can really do all things the through light, Christ. Who's light always you. overcomes darkness. It and is. Anybody who doesn't believe that, anybody who's listening right now who doesn't believe that, wait till it's dark in your house tonight, flip on a light, and watch what happens. Darkness dissipates. The light will overcome and the, the darkness. And the scripture tells us Christ in you is the hope of glory. He's in you. But he gets in you as you feed this word in you. You got to get the word in you because that's how, that's what's going to fuel your faith. That's what's going to ignite your faith. That's what's going to set your faith on fire. A lot of Christians are trying to do it through Christianity without the word. And the scripture tells us my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. That's not academic knowledge, not business knowledge. It's the knowledge of the kingdom of God. It's a lack of knowledge of, of who God says they are, what God says they have, what God says they can do. That's why they, I know a lot of Christians with a low self-image. Self-image is so low self-esteem. I mean, so low. Jesus wasn't like that. The Bible says, as he is, so are we. Jesus didn't have a low self-esteem. And, and the scripture tells me in Ephesians, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Also tell us, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and what kind of mind? A sound mind. Yeah, I got a sound mind. Because it's, it's, it's full with this. My mind, because you know what? It's sound because it's been transformed. My mind, I've been transformed by the renewing of my mind, and my mind is renewed by the Word of God. When that's your focus, God's Word, nothing else actually matters. You got to make that your focus. That's what it means to seek ye first. I'm going to go to God's Word and ask Daddy, Daddy, you got all the wisdom. Show me what I'm supposed to do in this situation. Remember? Joshua and them. God gave them the wisdom to, to take the, to tear the walls down. He didn't give them no sludge hammers either. <laughs> no, he gave them trumpets. Yeah, he gave them trumpets. I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever either. But it's faith on Be fire. Because it, if, if you it's know faith. anything about battle tactics, marching around the, the city trumpet. and blowing trumpets <laughs> is not the way to win. But that's the wisdom of God. And it may sound, the Bible says in Corinthians, God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. God will give you a witty ideal to make a product or to solve a, a, a disease. God has all wisdom. We just started to rely on our intellect and stop relying on God and drawing from his wisdom. That's what the Holy Spirit well, is see, for. Well, see, oftentimes we think, what can I do? What can man do? What can be done? We've been programmed you know, to believe that. You and I talked about this issue, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't even think we were on the air, that we put the doctors oftentimes in the place of God. The doctor, you go to the doctor, the doctor says, you're going to have to take this pill or this whatever for the rest of your life. And we just say, okay, we put the doctor in the place of God to where we don't ever even think about praying to ask God to heal us of whatever it was that we have to take the pill for. We just assume the doctor said I have to do it. So I'm going to have to do it. And I'm glad you said that. Yesterday, as I was out and about, put up to this, this uh, doctor's office on uh, Rio Lindo. And I saw a lady sitting there crying. So I was compelled to go over and just console her and ask her what was wrong. And she was just sitting there just weeping and weeping. And I went over to ask what was wrong. She said, my boyfriend is in the doctor right there. 
They just told him he had stage four cancer. The doctor just told him that. And they, obviously, they believed it because she was out there weeping. And she's like, and my mom's 80 years old, and she told me she had cancer too. And she was telling me all the stuff that the doctor said. So I started telling her, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. I taught, started telling her what Dr. Jesus said. And Dr. Jesus is the healer. <laughs> yeah, he's the real. But I started telling her about God can change any situation and circumstance. And he said in his word, because she didn't know he said that in his word, that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our pieces upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. Now you got to put faith in that. Now you got to start saying what the word said about your health. And a lot of Christians don't know this. You got to start saying that before you get sick. <laughs> I say that now. No weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Any sickness, disease, germ, virus, allergy that comes in contact with my body dies instantly. You know why I can say that? Because this body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and no sickness has a right to encroach upon it. Now, not saying I, I may not get attacked, but it doesn't have a right to attack me. Well, it doesn't have a right to stay on me. I'm going to speak against it. I'm going to cast it down. I'm going to I'm going to curse it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to curse sickness because the Bible tells me in Galatians, Christ has redeemed me from the curse. Well, sickness is a curse. Well, it's definitely in a blessing. <laughs> I ain't never seen nobody see got sick. Oh, that was a wonderful blessing from the Lord. He struck me with cancer. No, it, it's, it's a curse. And we have a right to come against the curse. And the Bible says Christ has redeemed us. That redemption we talked about earlier, that redemption brought us from what Adam brought in. When Adam sinned in the garden, they opened up the door for, for all of that. Because Adam didn't need a doctor. Well, you know, <laughs> he didn't need a doctor. Actually, I was talking to some people last night about this whole thing. What we see in the world, we tend to think of as the way it always has been. And I guess it always has been since the fall. Uh, or since uh, you've been born. <laughs> but this isn't the way it was always. The lion did lay down with the lamb. There right. weren't earthquakes. There right. weren't all these storms. There, all this stuff is the whole earth. We are told in Romans is groaning for us to be made right. The whole planet is suffering because of man's sin, and it was never intended to be this way. We're just always surrounded by this, and so we think this is the way it always was. But this is not the way it always was. This is not the normal state for the planet, and in fact. It will come to an end. When you read Revelation, it's clear that someday sin will end. We don't, we, we're surrounded by sin so much we can't even picture the idea that sin will end. Well, the scripture goes so far into the Romans and say, don't allow sin to reign in your mortal bodies. So he tells you, you don't have to even put up with it personally. You right, don't, we you don't, don't have, have to do it now. You don't have to sin. You don't I, have to be a part of sin. I, I, I upset <laughs> some people one day. I said, in theory... You could never sin again. They said, what are you talking about? I said, in theory, you could live a sin-free life from here on out. And they said, no, everybody's a sinner. I said, if you listened and followed the Holy Spirit every second, the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit would never lead you into sin. Mm -hmm. So the reason why we know that we sin or we see other people sinning is because they're not following the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So as a Christian, we have a choice we can follow the Holy Spirit or we can follow our own sinful nature. And as we follow our sinful nature, we find ourselves going into sin. But God's will for us would be, would be that we would follow the Holy Spirit every second. And at that point, we would not be led into sin. We don't have to sin. Don't have to. It's a choice. 
And uh, as you was reading, I mean, <laughs> as you were talking about that, I was thinking about what I woke up uh, this morning to. It was in Ezekiel and talking about the garden. And he says right here, thus says the Lord God, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will also enable you to dwell in the cities and the ruins shall be rebuilt. The desolate land shall be tilled instead of instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. So though they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. Oh, and the waste and the wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are not fortified and and, hap, and inhabited. Then the nations which are left all around you shall know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places and planted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it and will do it. And that's God's desire to, to restore, back to redeem. That's what redeemed means, to be restored. God wants to restore the earth back. Jesus did the first part. Now, you know who he's waiting to do the other part of it? The body of Christ. <laughs> the head already did his part. The head said it was finished. Now the church, the, the people, ain't the building, the people, the saints, the children of the Most High God, the body of Christ, we need to step up. We need to get the truth of God inside of us and then start acting on we, it. Right. We need to live like we really believe that God's with us. You right. know, I, I love Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why will I fear no evil? For he for, is with me. Yeah, for thou art with me. And guess what? That's how we can live our life and not fear evil. Well, because he's with us. Be if he is with me, who dare be against me? I love that scripture, Who dare too. be against me? <laughs> if God is for me, who can be against right. me? So ignite your faith on fire and, and, and go knowing that. you got to go into Canaan rejoicing. you got to go into Canaan knowing who's with you and who's going to go before you to fight with you, for you, to give you the victory. And if God be for us, I ain't going to say if, since, because God is for us, who dare be against us? Right. You go back to the story of David and Goliath. Mm -hmm. Everybody who saw Goliath come out, and he would come out, he would come out every morning, every evening, and issue Punkin this everybody. challenge. Yeah, <laughs> Punkin I mean, everybody. <laughs> he's, he's issuing this challenge for 40 days, for a month and a half, they have to listen to this guy every morning, and every, and they're scared. And I always get the idea that they, after he goes back, they're sitting around the campfire at night, and they're talking big. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Boy, tomorrow we're going to show him. And then the next morning, here he comes. He does it again, and they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> and then David shows up. The 16-year-old, the teenager. And he says, the God who delivered me from the lion and the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. But then he also says, who is this Philistine? Who is this unsacrificed Philistine <laughs> coming against the people this. of God? You know what? That's what we should be saying as we go out throughout our day when we have trials and tribulations. Who is this or what is this unsacrificed Philistine coming against us? So anyway, right. we want to keep people's faith on I mean, on God has, there's still giants in, in your life today. Well, yeah, those that pile of bills on your desk. Right. I mean, there's all <laughs> kinds of giants in people's lives today. Yeah, that we illness need to that's coming against you. That God depression is bigger than any of those things. He's bigger than your depression. He's still sufficient. It's it's not like he was sufficient in Paul's day. No, he's the same he's yesterday, no today, and forevermore. That's what it says in Hebrews. He is sufficient so every day and God. always will be. What's we oh, we go will <laughs> we will see you. Tomorrow for Faith on Fire. Thank you. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, 
we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.